Yeah, and colleges are going to have to deal with some um, fear of lawsuits too. Of course, that's another thing too, is anyone that lets anyone back on campus, just like you're describing with Liberty, um, you know, if they are brave and open up in September and thinking, yeah, numbers look good, I think we're safe, but all they need is one student to come become ill. And then how many lawsuits are there from families over their courageous or bad um, judgment? Yeah, so it's, that's why I'm not terribly optimistic that the fall is going to look anywhere near normal. And again, I don't know what the answer is because I don't know what I'll be doing in the fall. Um, I don't know what many of us will be doing in the fall. So it's not like I can give good advice to uh, a 17-year-old or an 18-year-old. But I, I definitely think, you know, as I said, they need to be aware of what might happen, figure out what they might do, um, or at least that they don't suddenly have a huge culture shock. Because again, I don't know what the colleges are doing. Uh, I don't know what their high schools are doing as far as, um, you know, having them think about this, but they should be thinking about it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, everybody is experiencing equal parts, uh, you know, terror, confusion, <laughs> dread, you know, and, and, and maybe masking a lot of it with optimism or, or looking at certain dates, you know, being hopeful. I don't know how any of that'll play out, but I, you know, the thing we seem to be agreeing on most is that it needs to be talked about. We need to have a plan. Now, a slight shift. I'm, I'm just curious. When all of this was getting rolling, and I talked about this in, in the previous episode that I recorded on my own, I sort of downplayed the threat to students, and I felt bad about that after the fact. Not that I downplayed it overall. I just I kept seeing the numbers, and like the infection rate looks bad. The mortality rate doesn't look that bad. It doesn't generally affect young people much. And so I kept telling students, yeah, school will close eventually, but I hope not too soon. You know, because I kept thinking, I didn't, I didn't think that, you know, early on, I didn't think they were just going to go and close everything. So I kept saying, oh, you know, eventually, but we don't want to have to make up days over the summer. We don't want to mess right. with spring break, whatever. And then the night before schools closed, I both did a bunch of reading, but I made a post online. said, just, you know, here's what it looks like. What am I missing? And then I read a ton and people posted some good articles in, in response. There, there was also some trash in there, but I read the trash just like everything else. I now think that this is generally the right decision if the information we have access to is accurate. But we are making massive economic sacrifices and educational sacrifices and all the rest. You also have been skeptical about some of this. Do you believe that the closures are the right thing to do as a society, like large scale? I guess I would preface this with that it's not a binary situation, even though we make it to be. So there have been people that, and usually they're tagged as conservatives, who have said, oh, gee, is the cure worse than the disease? And the other side immediately goes, and that's the problem, there's sides on this, but immediately goes with um, what, you know, you want to sacrifice people, you know, just for the sake of, you know, keeping the economy going. Don't we well, always? <laughs> but the economy is people and people are the economy. So it isn't binary. Right. Um, there's something that economists call, which is thinking at the margins, which just because you question whether, in, in this case, a one-size-fits-all type solution, social distancing and its different flavors, doesn't mean that you just want the status quo pre-pandemic to keep going, um, because there's different ways you can approach it. So, for instance, and some of this is stuff that we can't do because we didn't roll out testing early enough. Mm -hmm. But if you take a country like South Korea, which immediately jumped on testing, they started doing targeting quarantining. 
So they did not have to shut down their whole economy to mitigate the spread of the virus. So that's, that's neither an all or nothing type approach. That's somewhere in between. That's thinking at the margins. That's, so that's the kind of thing we need to actually be thinking about is, are there incremental or piecemeal steps that we could be taking and, and you just referenced this about, you know, looking at like a, a campus opening up and seeing what happens. We're seeing some of this play out in Sweden, where they have not locked down their borders. And while they've taken steps to limit large groups, they haven't shut restaurants and pubs and grocery stores or, or whatever. And certainly they've had a higher death rate than some of their neighbors, but not as significant as it's made to seem as in the news when you take in consideration the size of the populations. Right. Um, if you look purely at rates, um, it is higher. But then you have to address the concern that because we're all sheltering in place, that delays the herd immunity aspect. Because undoubtedly, come fall, if this virus follows the same path as other viruses, we're going to have a resurgence. More people will die. So then it, would it be better to have them die now or die later? And it's all distasteful to talk about, but it is reality. So, yeah, is what we are what we doing right now, is that the right thing? Hard to tell because there's so much unreliable information out there as well as unknown. We know very little about COVID-19. We don't know what its true CFR is. Um, we don't know what its overall morbidity is. We don't know exactly why some people survive and other people don't. We do know that there's a correlation, um, and it appears to be a causal thing with people over 65 die, more likely to die, and that if you're under that age, that there's underlying factors. But we really don't know much about it. So I, ha I was in a discussion last week where we were comparing this to uh, the trolley problem. Mm -hmm. um, so the trolley problem requires that you you see a train going down a track that it's going to run over five people. And you have the power of diverting that train to run over just one person and kill them. It seems like an easy decision. Well, not necessarily easy, but the right thing to do is go in favor of more people surviving. Okay. So we could be very much, and we are likely in that same position, but here's the difference. In the trolley problem, you know how many are going to die. You can choose the five or the one. In this case, we don't know which track we're on. And someone's making a decision of which switch to pull. Right, um, right. And, and of course, that's the big problem. So yeah, it's hard to answer. Is it the right thing? I don't know. It'll be all hindsight. So yeah, I don't have an answer for that. I tend to think that what we're doing in many cases probably will result in many more harms than we ever thought of. And that hindsight would be, yeah, maybe we should have done this that might have resulted in more deaths at that point. But, you know, there's serious people looking at how many suicides will there be as a result of quarantining? How many job losses, permanent ones will there be? Which is better? You know, having people die of something that we already deal with on an annual basis with tens of thousands of deaths in this country alone with flu. And I'm not likening this to flu, but this is a fact of life, um, as opposed to what happens when the economy goes to hell, which 
It pretty much is right now. It's yeah, yeah. And we'll we'll see, you know, what happens. Yeah, I, I think it's tricky. I, I we might have talked about this before, but I used the trolley problem early in the school year in my AP classes when I introduced a book called Justice by Michael Sandel. Oh yeah. And and that that gets them going. Yeah, that's that's the that's the beginning of the conversation. Everybody gets all riled up and it takes forever, not because it takes long for me to explain it, but I mean, you'll literally have kids yelling at each other across the room, you know, you know, and it, it, that way, even the kids who don't like the book, see some value in it because they know it, it addresses issues that do matter and that maybe, you know, do get people excited about it. But, uh, and I actually do an academic classes later in the year as well. One of the things that kids always want to ask very quickly, and I shush them at first, like, no, 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 no. Just don't fight the problem. Just you five, you're one. Do you flip the switch and kill the one and save the five? You know, what do you do? And then I entertain the question later on after they've addressed the basic situation is, does it matter who's on the tracks? You know, and because everybody <laughs> says, well, what if, you know, who's on it? And I say, well, does it matter? And then everybody goes, yeah, wait. <laughs> they all say, yeah. And then they see the, the trap coming. And I say, well, you know, would it matter if it's your mom? Kids say, oh, of course it would matter. I, you know, I wouldn't sacrifice my mom for five strangers, whatever. And I'm like, okay, and that, maybe that's good. Maybe that's bad. I said, does it matter how old the person is? And that's where you get a split, you know, and, and class to class, it varies, but it's usually like 60, 40, you know, it shouldn't matter versus it does. And this is a situation where I've always probably been a little bit ageist, but I probably can't deny it now because I keep doing the math in terms of like, we keep getting the overall mortality rate and I keep wanting, you know, the data that I've been looking at has stopped including age and sex um, without doing a lot of digging. Whereas up until maybe the first week of March, you could easily get the numbers yeah. of people in the age groups. And based on the information at that point, like you said, it's far more dangerous for people over 60, 65, a um, bunch of other you know, factors as well. And it's much, much harder on men than women. Yeah. Um, the, the, up to that point, you know, and so when people say, well, who do we save? Who do we sacrifice? You say, if it matters who's on the tracks, <laughs> if it matters whether we're saving old or young or whatever, pick whatever group you want, you don't get to argue that you believe in human equality anymore. And then they get upset. They go, well, no, but I do. And I go, <laughs> if you did, then you would just do a numbers game. If it matters <laughs> who's there. And, and, it, it, and now we're in a situation where some of these factors matter. 